Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on episode number 12 of the MMA, MMA show, Matt's Middle Age Mixed Martial Arts Show. Thank you for joining me. This should be a more uh, typical show. No uh, golf carts driving by at Disney World. I have returned home once again, and we are back. Uh, big news broke yesterday regarding one TJ Dillashaw. He had announced uh, a couple of weeks ago that he was relinquishing his uh, bantamweight championship uh, because he failed a USADA test, a drugs test for you know performance enhancers, steroids, PEDs, what have you. Well, it came out yesterday that USADA was suspending Dillashaw for two years for EPO use. Um, that was leading up to his flyweight title fight against Henry Cejudo on January 19th. Um, USADA officials announced a suspension, which Dillashaw did not contest on Tuesday. The news comes less than one month after Dillashaw willingly relinquished his championship. Um, Not good. I mean, EPO is a weird one. Um, that's stuff like Lance Armstrong was doing. I I read up a little bit on this. Obviously, I'm not a uh, chemist or an expert in any sort of drug, to be honest. But uh, here's, here's a little bit of what I found on EPO for people curious. EPO is a naturally occurring hormone produced by cells in the kidneys that regulate the production of red blood cells in bone marrow. These kidney cells are sensitive to low blood oxygen content and will release EPO when oxygen is low. EPO stimulates the bone marrow to produce more red blood cells. In order to increase the oxygen, oxygen carrying capacity of the blood. So I, I think the idea is for, for athletes, um, EPO like reduces fatigue, um, you don't get tired as quick. You have more oxygen in your blood. Um, you have more endurance, that sort of thing. So if let's just say you're cutting a lot of weight, you're feeling fatigued, you don't know if you can fight, I don't know, an Olympic gold medalist for five rounds, maybe you take some EPO to help um, with your endurance and your energy and your oxygen absorption, all that sort of stuff. Um supposed to help with healing of muscles too um but the idea is to be able to keep going um I, and that, i think that's what lance armstrong was doing too with the epo like you can ride a bike in the mountains of france a lot longer on this stuff than you would otherwise and not, and not get as tired as quick um so yeah dillashaw is out for two years um he's 31 now so he won't be back until he's 33 so like the prime of his career literally like when everything's supposed to come together for for athletes it's like you know the game well and you're still young enough where you can compete with the guys in their mid-20s um those years are gone now um I guess his team is still kind of supporting him, his, the guys he trains with, but they also took no uh, responsibility for what happened and said, essentially said Dillashaw went off on his own and did this. Um, 
his trainer said, although not right and inexcusable, TJ succumbed to the relentless pressure to win at any cost for the purposes of appeasing his employers, pleasing his fans, and providing for his family, a sentiment that we all can relate to. So essentially his trainer, this guy, uh, his name is Calavita, Sam Calavita, um, is blaming <laughs> his employers, the fans, and his family for Dillashaw doing this. Uh, the two-year suspension is the maximum sanction for a non-specified substance under the UFC's anti-doping program. It is dated retroactively to January 18th, 2019, the day the test was submitted. EPO is a peptide hormone used to stimulate red, blo red blood cell production. Um, it's administered through intravenous injection. Yada, yada, yada. USADA also reviewed another sample submitted by Dillashaw on, 20, on December 28th and found that also to be positive for EPO. Um, the adverse finding of that sample went undetected initially because a special test is required to reveal EPO, and that test is not always used for 100% of athlete samples. Um, that's interesting. There's probably guys on EPO all over the place getting lucky that they didn't get caught because USADA doesn't always test for it. It's like, I don't know, if you're going to do this Olympic-style testing, just do all of it. I mean, how much more money can it be to test for EPO than everything else they're doing? Um, usually it's a, a budget thing. How, how much money is UFC willing to spend on this sort of stuff? Um, but yeah, a, a tough couple months here for uh, TJ Dillashaw. He gets knocked out by Cejudo, uh, cut all that weight, trained really hard, and now is popping for EPO and is out for two years. Um Cody Garbrandt had a lot to say afterwards. Garbrandt, of course, got knocked out by Dillashaw twice. Um, and Garbrandt had, in the past, accused TJ Dillashaw of, um, you know, cheating, essentially, drug use, steroids. Um, I, I think Garbrandt called Dillashaw scumbag. I mean, it wasn't... Uh, Khabib and Connor talk, but he did uh, put out a statement. Let's see if we can find it here. Uh, Cody Garbrandt wrote on Twitter, test all his samples. I bet for a fact more EPO pops up. TJ Dillashaw is a coward. TJ, call me when that suspension is up, scumbag. Um, Garbrandt went on, all of my losses are from fighters that have popped for PEDs. I can stand behind this when I say I'll always be a drug-free athlete. Number one reason is the belief I have in myself. Number two, I respect the game. 100. Twitter ran over. Y'all have a good day. Let's make this clear. I'm not saying my losses are a direct result of PED convicted fighters. I also fought like a dumbass. Anyways, I'll be back at the end of the year. Um... So, there you go. Uh, Cody Garbrandt has somewhat of a point. I mean, it, it was like the Michael Bisping thing all those years when he was losing to Dan Henderson and Vitor and um, a lot of these guys who were either on TRT or got caught cheating. Um, it, it's a weird one. It, it's a weird one. I don't know how much of a difference EPO made in those fights with Dillashaw. 
Um, Garbrandt did fight like a dumbass in most of them. But when you're talking a matter of fractions of a second, there's a reason these guys take these drugs. They think they help, you know? Uh, moving along, Conor McGregor, of course, has been in the news over the last week. Um, I don't know how much we got into it at Disney, uh, or how much news was already out, but Conor McGregor and Khabib got into it on Twitter. Um, Conor made some comments about Khabib's wife being a towel and said it was a goat under the towel and had the picture from their wedding where... Um, I don't even know what it's, it's not a hijab, but whatever, um, that veil sort of thing, um, some Muslim women wear, um, Connor mocked that, then Khabib came back and called Connor a rapist, uh, and it really escalated, uh, on Twitter. Um, I don't know if it was Khabib calling Connor a rapist or if Ali Abdelaziz, Khabib's manager, was posting that sort of thing. Um, I don't know, but it kind of got out of control there. And then I think Dana White told them both to cool it. And Connor essentially um, said, I'll, I'll see you in the octagon, which ends his one-week retirement. Um Connor's just out of control at this point, and I, I've talked about it, and it, it bums me out because I used to be a, a big Connor fan, and um, he's 30 now. He should be getting more mature, and I mean, he can promote fights, but that's one thing. And I don't really even care about what Khabib and Connor said to each other. I, there's freedom of speech; you can say whatever you want. But the stuff with smashing people's cell phones and he just got into another bar fight and the sexual assault accusations, that stuff I'm not, I'm not cool with. Um, when you start adversely affecting other people's lives um, or touching them or assaulting them, um, and some of this stuff is still accusations, um, but there, there's a pattern here, him jumping into the cage at the octagon, throwing the dolly at the bus. It's like, he should be doing less and less of that stuff. If he was in his early twenties and worth a quarter billion dollars, they're like, all right, he's young, he's an idiot, whatever. Um, but it's like, he's going in the opposite direction. He's getting older and he's getting worse. His behavior's more out of control and, um, it's a bummer because he was a, a, an amazing fighter. He, he was unbelievable. And, and people forget that based on all this hijinks and everything. And it's like, for a while there, he was the best featherweight in the world. He knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. He beat Chad Mendes. He beat Dustin Poirier. He beat Max Holloway. A lot of these guys are still, obviously, Holloway and Poirier moved up to 155 and are fighting for an interim title at that weight this weekend. Um, so Connor was the real deal, but it's like, I don't know if it's the partying, um, you know, the other business ventures, he's got two kids now. It's like, he should be grinding now and, you know, the next two or three years sock away another couple hundred million dollars. And instead it's like, he's going to be pissing money away on lawsuits and, um, never be the fighter he was, um, which is too bad. 
what else were they saying? Oh, Khabib wrote on Twitter, if you think that insulting an entire religion, you will be safe, you are mistaken. So there were some veiled threats. Um, but eventually, uh, Connor ended with, I want to move forward with my fans of all faiths and all backgrounds. All faiths challenge us to be our best selves. It is one world and one for all love. Now see you in the octagon. So I, I don't know if Dana picked up the phone and called Connor and said squash it or what, but it was escalating in a way that that you don't want to say somebody was going to get hurt, but there's some dumbass people out there who can do dumb things sometimes. Um, people were comparing it to Tupac and Biggie. Like, <laughs> you can't make a song like Hit Em Up by Tupac and not expect repercussions. Granted, I'm not saying that's okay. Like, you should be able to say whatever you want and not get murdered. Um, but sometimes that can happen in, in the real world when you're dealing with MMA fighters, I guess. Um, Connor also made news over the last couple days. Um, he was reportedly under investigation in Ireland again after allegedly punching a man Saturday in a pub in Dublin. The UFC superstar was at the Marble Arch Pub in uh, Drimnag, a suburb of Dublin, when he was approached by another patron who thought Connor was acting like a jerk. Shocker. Uh, the patron reportedly talked trash to Connor about his loss to Khabib Nurmagomedov, saying the Russian battered you, and that's when Connor snapped and punched him. Um, the police were contacted about this by reporters. Um, they did confirm an investigation of an alleged April 6th incident, but no arrests have been made. It's under investigation. Um, calls to Conor McGregor's reps have not been returned. Um, he's just out of control. It sucks. You don't like to see it. I mean, in a warped sense, it's entertaining, and it makes me laugh because he's so out of control, but at the same time, it's just like... He, he's spiraling downward, and he's wasting his career. Um... <laughs> In better news for Connor, though, uh, his good friend and training partner Artem Lobov won his fight at Bare Knuckle FC number five. He uh, defeated Hick Diaz, also known as Jason Knight, by decision. Um, it was actually a fun fight. Um, bloody. It was a brawl. It wasn't super technical at all, but they were throwing punches, and both of their faces were looking like Raw Hamburg after the fight. Um, Connor said, what an animal. Proud of you, Artem. Amazing fight. Polly's nice and quiet all of a sudden. That's not like him. Haha. <laughs> we want a new contract for Artem for his next bout. It has been earned and now deserved. What a great showing. Jason Knight, big respect. Um, so, yeah, Artem got the win. He doesn't win often in fights, uh, professional fights anyway. And he'll probably fight Polly Malinaji in June, I think, is the the goal. Um, I think some people buy that fight. We'll watch that fight. Um, I don't know what Bare Knuckle is paying these guys. Malinaji can't be cheap, especially to fight like Bare Knuckle. Malinaji had some million-dollar paydays in boxing. He was a two-way champ. Um, granted, he wasn't the best fighter, but he was... 
He was a champion in boxing. Um, so he, they must be rolling out some money for these guys. Um, Molinaji and um, Artem Gutevin got into a little scuffle um, leading up to the, the bare-knuckle event, too. Um, so that they're building that fight. Artem got the win. Like It, it worked out perfect for bare-knuckle fighting. Um, I don't even know if it's sanctioned in every state. Like Most of the shows have been in Wyoming and Mississippi. Um, so yeah, I don't know how big this thing can get, but... Um, this is one of the bigger fights <laughs> they can put on. Polly Malinagi and Artem Lobov. Um, God forbid Connor shows up at that fight and causes issues, but uh, we will see. In other news, Ryan Bader has re-signed with Bellator. He signed a multi-year deal with Bellator. Uh, Bader, who I think is probably like 36 now, um, is the current heavyweight champ and light heavyweight champ um, in Bellator. Um, it makes sense to me. He, he's getting a little older. You know, you don't like his chances against John Jones or DC in the UFC. Um, he's probably getting some decent money. He's a two-weight champ for them, um, and he can fight lesser guys. Um, it seems kind of like a no-brainer. Unless you were super hungry and the UFC made you like a, a matching offer, I would probably sign with Bellator too. It's like, all right, I can fight, I don't know, um, Roy Nelson, um, Czech Congo, uh, Rampage, Chael, um, Easier fights, but names and still get paid. What the hell? I don't fault the guy. I I might do the same thing. Uh, upcoming fight, we've got a weird one that I do not like. Diego Sanchez versus Michael Chiesa. Sanchez is coming off that win over Mickey Gall. Um, I would feel like Chiesa would eat Diego alive at this point. Um, it seems like a super mismatch. Uh, Chiesa's coming off that uh, win over Carlos Condit at UFC 232. Um, they're going to fight at UFC 239 in Vegas. Um, also on that card, we've got John Jones versus Tiago Santos for the light heavyweight championship. Another fight that feels like a mismatch. Amanda Nunes versus Holly Holm for the UFC bantamweight championship, which is kind of interesting. Um, I would favor Nunes in that one, but... Um, Home is always competitive with everybody she fights. Uh, Francis Ngannou versus Junior Dos Santos. Jan Blakovic versus Luke Rockhold with Rockhold moving up in weight. Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren. And now Sanchez versus Chiesa. So that card, um, I think that's the one that's part of International Fight Week. Um, good card. Real good card. You got two title fights. Ganu and JDS, Rockhold moving up, Askren versus Masvidal. That's it. That's a good show if it can stay together. Usually it doesn't, but hopefully it does. Uh, I think that one's over 4th of July weekend. Uh, Ross Pearson, a longtime UFC fighter, has retired. Um, I want to say he was a gatekeeper. Um, 
He was never a top guy by any stretch, but he had a long run in the UFC. He's 34 now, um, 26 total UFC fights, um, and debuted in 2009. So he's a 10-year run. Time, time flies by quick. He uh, was coming off a knockout loss to Desmond Green um, and finishes his career at 20 and 16. Um, he was a solid fighter. Um, I, I don't think anybody will really remember him. <laughs> um, but he was a solid dude who managed to stay in the UFC for a decade. If you last in the UFC for 10 years, you're, you're a, a pretty solid fighter. Uh, so good luck to Ross Pearson in his future endeavors. This coming weekend, we have UFC 236 from the ATL. The Dirty South Atlanta, Georgia State Farm Arena, April 13th. It's a Saturday. Um, headlined by Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier 2. This is a rematch. Um, I think from like 2012, it was Holloway's first fight in the UFC. He lost by submission to Poirier. Um, since then, Holloway's been uh, pretty freaking impressive. He is... Let's see. Uh, Max Holloway is twenty and three overall with thir- thirteen straight wins. His last loss was to Conor McGregor back in August of twenty thirteen. So he has not lost in about six years and has run off thirteen straight wins, including wins finishes over Brian Ortega, Jose Aldo twice, TKO of Anthony Pettis. Um, Submission of Cub Swanson. Um, just an incredible run. One of the most impressive runs ever in MMA. Um, he's moving up to 155 for the first time since like he used to fought, fight regional cards in Hawaii back in the day. Uh, Poirier's had a successful move up from, light, from featherweight to lightweight as well. Um, he was having a hard time making that cut and moved up to 155. Um, back in 2015, and since moving up, he has gone, geez, eight and one. Uh, his only loss was a knockout loss to Michael Johnson, which looking back on it might have been kind of a fluke. Um, but he's got wins over Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Pettis, Jim Miller, Nancy Medeiros, um, a lot of great fighters. Um, and he is. 24 and 5 overall with almost his essentially his entire career in WEC and UFC. Um, so a, a, another good guy who doesn't get his due. Um, personally, I, I like Holloway <clears throat> in this fight. He's just been on the better tear. His head better wins. I think he's the better striker. I think he's going to be quicker. Um, just the way he changes his stances and moves in and out, I, I think he's going to be quicker and just cause problems for Poirier on the feet. Um, I, I don't see Poirier really taking this fight to the ground. I, I don't know if he's got the wrestling to do it. Um, so I think it stays standing and just Holloway has the edge there. Um, it, it's one of those where, you know, Holloway probably wins six out of four, seven out of six out of four, six out of ten. Or maybe seven out of ten times. It's not <clears throat> like John Jones versus Anthony Smith, where John Jones is going to win ninety nine out of a hundred times. 
Um, it's not that sort of mismatch, but I, I just think Holloway is a better striker and it's going to stay on the feet. Um, yeah. Then we've got a second interim title fight. Um, and people don't seem to be talking about this one as much as the Holloway Poirier interim fight. By the way, in theory, the winner of Holloway Poirier would fight Khabib when Khabib's back from suspension. You know, that would probably be like late fall. Um, but you never know where Connor's going to sneak in. There's still Tony Ferguson floating around out there, Nate Diaz. You never know what the UFC will decide. But in theory, the Holloway Poirier winner should fight Khabib and unify the interim lightweight title with the real lightweight title. Then we've got this other interim title fight at middleweight because Robert Whitaker's been injured, um, although he's feeling better reportedly. Kelvin Gasolum versus Israel Adesanya. Adesanya's coming off that decision win over uh, Anderson Silva. Kelvin Gastelum, of course, is coming off two wins back-to-back over Michael Bisping and Jacare. Um Gastelum hasn't fought in a year now, so it's been he's been a bit inactive. Um, Gastelum w- was supposed to fight Whitaker, but that fight got canceled because Whitaker had to have that last-minute surgery, the hernia surgery in Australia. So um, I like Gastelum in this fight. I, I don't think... Um, Adesanya can get it done. I think Gasolum's a level up from the guys Adesanya's fight fought. Um, I think Gasolum's wrestling is going to be a problem for Adesanya. Adesanya's a great striker, um, but I, I think Gasolum can take him down and beat him up. Bottom line, um, if it stays standing, Adesanya's certainly got the edge. Um, he's longer. He's a better striker than Gasolum, but Gasolum's good. He's really good, and he's another one of those guys who's, I want to say criminally underrated, but definitely underrated to a degree. Um, He's got a lot of good wins, and he really should be fighting at 170, not um, 185, and he's been successful at 185 moving up a weight class. So uh, official pick is Kelvin Gastelum. Um, possibly by by decision. It could be a boring fight if he just keeps taking it down to the ground, but uh, we'll see. We've also got Eric Andrews versus Khalil Roundtree at light heavyweight, Alan Joblon versus Dwight Grant, and Ovin St. Prue versus Nikita Krylov at um, light heavyweight. So interesting main card. Um, there's some fun fights there. Um, Eric Andrews usually has exciting fights. Khalil Browntree can hit hard. Um, Kryloff and St. Prue could be decent as well. Uh, the prelim card is on ESPN. Um, not a, Wilson Hayes, uh, Max Griffin. There's not a lot of name value on this undercard. Um, the early prelims are on Fight Pass, which they haven't done for a few shows. Uh, Curtis Melinda versus Bilal Muhammad. Um, again, a lot of not, not much name value on this undercard, so you won't be missing much there. Um, oh, (coughs) excuse me. This past weekend we had WrestleMania 35, which I watched from the comfort of my living room. 
Uh, the show was at the Meadowland, uh, not Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, this was their first time back there in five years. I went to the Mania there five years ago um, and enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I didn't go this year because of uh, the Disney trip. Uh, I did watch most of the seven and a half hour show. It was very, very long. Um, the show should not be that long. It, 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 by the end of it, you're tired and you're bored, no matter how good the matches are. Uh, in the main event, Becky Lynch won. She pinned Ronda Rousey in kind of a screwy like finish where it kind of looked like Ronda kicked out. I think it was supposed to be controversial to set up a rematch. During the match, like Ronda broke her hand, um, so she's going to be out a while. This was supposed to be her last match, but uh, I, I think the idea is they run it back with just her and Becky Lynch down the road. The match itself was fine. Um, it, it wasn't a classic by any stretch. The best match on the on the show was definitely the Kofi Kingston-Daniel Bryan match. Um, Kingston won, uh, I guess, the SmackDown title. Uh, in that one, that, that was, that was a great match. Highly recommend it. Um, Triple H beat Batista. Uh, they used a lot of gimmicks, like, like pliers and sledgehammers. It reminded me of like two dads, like brawling at a Home Depot, like two middle-aged dads, you know, in their forties, uh, at Home Depot, just looking for like weapons, like wrenches and pliers and like, Triple H pulled out Batista's nose ring with pliers and it was bleeding. It was like they both guys are old and they were trying to use gimmicks to get by as opposed to having a real match like Brian and Kingston could do, um, which is fine. Those matches can be entertaining. Um, even so, it was just two old guys fighting at Home Depot. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, Kurt Angle's last match. He lost to Baron Corbin. Uh, it was short. Angle looked old. Um, he should retire. Uh, it's kind of sad that he lost to Baron Corbin, but, um, that's what old timers do on their way out. They do the job and put over the new guy who's going to stay in the company. Um, probably should have been someone besides Baron Corbin though. Uh, John Cena, uh, made a brief appearance. He came out and wrapped. Uh, he came out as the Doctor of Thugonomics, his old gimmick uh, from back in the day, and cut a promo on Elias. It was not very good. Uh, Roman Reigns had his first match back. He beat Drew McIntyre. Nobody really seemed to care, um, which you thought it would have been a, a happy moment with Roman Reigns coming back after his leukemia diagnosis, but... Uh, didn't get much of a reaction. Of course, this was like five hours already into this seven-hour show, so the crowd was kind of um, already starting to drag at that point. Uh, Shane McMahon and uh, The Miz had a match where they brawled all over the arena. Um, finished like Miz suplexed Shane off of this um, like camera camera stage, I guess you would call it and onto like this padded platform below and somehow Shane ended up on top and pinned the Miz. Um, I've had enough of Shane McMahon wrestling at this point. He could uh, go away. Uh, anything else? Oh, the show opened with uh, Seth Rollins defeating Brock Lesnar. 
Paul Heyman came out and cut a promo before the match and said if Brock wasn't going to be the last match, he wanted to be the first match to get it over with, and he wanted to go somewhere like Las Vegas where he could be more appreciated. Uh, Lesnar lost the match pretty quick um, and was out, which sets up the possibility again of Brock going to the UFC. Um, Daniel Cormier wants that fight. He's on social media begging Dana White to book it. He wants to fight Brock Lesnar in the UFC, which I can't blame Daniel Cormier. That would be a huge fight, a big money fight for Cormier. Brock Lesnar certainly does not deserve a heavyweight title shot in the UFC at this stage of the game. Um, But... UFC clearly doesn't care about the integrity of their championships anymore with, you know, a pay-per-view this weekend with two interim title fights where neither one needs to be an interim title fight. Um, Clearly they they've given up on that sport aspect of things, which some people will say is a bad thing. Um, in long term, maybe it is, but right now their business is good and they're making more money than they ever have. So what do I know? I'm just an idiot on his bed talking into his phone with no one listening. So I, I could be way off base, but I'm not. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see if Brock ends up going uh, to UFC. He's been in that USADA pool um, although I, I saw something like he's only been tested once in like the four or five months he's been in uh, the UFC testing pool, um, which raises red flags. But um, I'd be okay with watching DC and Brock. I, I like freak show fights like that. Um, I think they'll make money and get people talking. And I think DC's earned a big fight like that too. He's uh, busted his ass for years and. Seems like a company guy for the UFC. Uh, Oh, one other WrestleMania note. Uh, The show ended at 12.30, so a lot of people who would take buses and whatnot to to the show uh, couldn't get out of the arena. It started raining at the end of the show, and people were stuck outside the arena for, like, hours because... Most of like the New Jersey transit system had shut down and they didn't want to pay people overtime and they weren't aware that the show was going to go so late. So like literally all these probably sort of drunk wrestling fans uh, are stranded outside in the rain for hours. They're all trying to get Ubers and Uber can't, these drivers can't even get into the arena because it's so crowded and so messed up. Um, so that sounded like a disaster. My experience was not like that at all. I I was able to get... Uh, where I needed to five years ago pretty easily, but I think the show ended more like around 11.30. Um, so the late ending to the show um, was definitely a problem. Um, what else? I think that's pretty much it uh, for this week. Um, Disney World was good. Um, Florida's a, a warmer state. Uh, so if you don't like to sweat a lot and walk around amusement parks, Disney World might not be the place for you. Maybe you can time it more in the winter where it's a little cooler, but I feel like Florida, Orlando areas, you're going to have some hot, humid days no matter when you go. 
Um, a lot of humans go to Disney World. If you don't like crowds, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, the kids had a good time. Um, I was a little bit under the weather in the beginning. Uh, not that anyone cares. I'm, I'm feeling 100% now. But, um, yeah, I'm glad we were able to take the kids. That was nice. They got to experience Disney World. But um, I don't necessarily need to go back ever again either. Um, I was glad I got to see it. I like to see, you know, these things that millions of people go and see. But, um, like, I, 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 I want to go see the Grand Canyon, um, something like that. I, I'd rather do that or, you know, go back to Washington, D.C., some, see some of that historical stuff or, um, I don't know, go, go check out a Old Faithful or something. Um, that, I, I'm at a stage in the game where I, I've been on some roller coasters and some rides, and um, they all sort of blend in together for me at this point. But um, at the same time, if in three or four years the family really want to go to Disney again, I, I, I would go again. Um, but it is not at the top of my, my personal list of places to go. Again, this is not all about me. There's other family involved. And uh, sometimes you go you go with the flow and go with the fam. You know, that's what you do. On that note, this has been, what do we say, episode 12? Are we up to 12 of these now? Of the MMA MMA show, Matt's Middle-Aged Mixed Martial Arts show. I appreciate you joining me. Um, hopefully you got your MMA fix for the week. You got a Disney world review. You got a WrestleMania review. Um, you can check us out on Instagram. It's MMA MMA show on Instagram. You can follow us there. There's a Twitter MMA MMA show one. I'm going to try and get more active on both of those platforms as news comes out. Maybe get some memes going again. Uh, but again, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, hopefully you got something out of this here program and we will be back again, uh, next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.